Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tide. This time on the show, we look at ambition and power and whether they even mean the same things to women that they do to men. In the masculine world, power is about having power over. Power is about competition and getting to the top. Women also have more power than many of us think. It's just a question of using it because they won't just give it to you. Nobody's going to give you a free ride. They call it tiara syndrome. You put your head down, you do a good job, you think the tiara's going to fall on your head. Coming up on The Broad Experience. This episode of The Broad Experience is sponsored by the Tao Knight Centre for Entrepreneurial Journalism. In the last show, my interviewee Lynn Povich said she didn't like using the word ambitious when talking about women. Many women have a problem with ambition, and probably because it's stigmatized in women and considered aggressive and unattractive and calls into question your femininity. Caroline Turner spends a lot of time thinking about the different ways in which men and women think about ambition and power and careers in general. She's the founder of a company called Difference Works and the author of a book of the same name. She's a lawyer by background and spent years in the corporate world before making the switch to help companies understand and appreciate masculine and feminine ways of working. She agrees a lot of women don't want to be seen the way Lynn describes and says many are uncomfortable with the idea of talking ourselves up or claiming credit for something. I totally relate. The average woman has a harder time tooting her own horn or asking for what she wants. So these are attributes of the feminine that mask anything that you would call ambition. But it doesn't mean women aren't striving for success in the next promotion. It's just that a lot of us have trouble with the workplace games that are such a big part of getting ahead. As for power. In the masculine world, which is what the business world is, because they got there first, power is about having power over. Power is about competition and getting to the top and having power over other people. Which she says holds little appeal for most women. Not all, but most. She says, think of the way little girls and boys play. Most boys relish games where they come out on top one way or another. Girls' games tend to be more about relationships. She tells the story of a seminar she was giving this summer. And this guy stood up and he said, my daughter is on the high school track team. And she got in so much trouble with her coach because she and her two best friends decided that they would cross the finish line together. Now, in the male world, that's crazy. You're supposed to win and not worry about hurting someone's feelings. But for this man's child, teenager, she cared more about being with and sharing the experience with her friends than she did about taking home a trophy. So that defines, that's a good example. Little girls aren't as competitive, are more relational. And so in the workplace... Power is more about sharing power and getting things done with and through other people. 
but power is also far more pedestrian than a lot of us think. Nikki Gilmore is the CEO of Evolved People Media, which publishes two blogs, The Glass Hammer and Evolved Employer. She consults with companies on diversity issues, and she recently completed a master's degree in industrial psychology. That's the study of organizations and how the groups within them work. She says women already have power, but often they don't realize it. So I do think that women need to learn how to own their power and self-authorize, whereas perhaps men automatically assume that it's theirs to exercise. So you have to kind of take a step back and it's not just about what goes on inside the building that you work in, it's actually the society in which you live and the context and where you live and what are the gender norms, what's expected of you. She says the more women can analyse and understand their environment both in and outside the office, the better their chance of getting where they want to go at work. Not to get all Oprah on you, but she says we have to decide to use the power we have. Because they won't just give it to you. Nobody's going to give you a free ride. And they call it tiara syndrome. You put your head down, you do a good job, you think the tiara's going to fall on your head. Again, I stole that from my good friend Carol Frolinger, who wrote her place at the table. Um, it's absolutely true, you know, like, you have to work really hard, be good at it, but then go and make that ask around the promotion or around getting a piece of the new projects action. Because um, men will do it without thinking. It's, a, it's completely... For them, it's second nature. It's unconscious just to go and say, hey, Jimmy, Billy here, did a great job with that account. Can I have this other one? They'll ask. They will make that ask. They will do door hanging when you're at home, leaving the office, thinking you've done your work properly. Jimmy will be hanging off the boss's door saying, but what about that? In fact, this happened to me. Um, I was running a company, eFinancial Careers, and uh, it was quite late night and one chap came over to me when I was trying to get my real work done when all the salespeople had gone home. And he said, can I have, you know, whatever, the, the Citibank account, whatever it was in those days. And I said, no, that's, you know, that's Susie's account. Um, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. And, uh, but he, he was, he was, you know, he had enough bravado to walk into my office at 7.30 p.m. one evening and ask for that. And to be honest with you, with no basis of performance behind it. So <laughs> I learned some lessons early and often as a young managing director just to see how the gender dynamics will play out. So my advice to women is know what you want and then just make that ask. Still, getting ahead does seem to be a lot more complicated for women, perhaps too complicated for some. Caroline Turner brings up a Stanford study from last year that looked at who got the most promotions, and this was looking at men and women. Who won? Women who could turn on their masculine side when it mattered and then morph quickly back into ladies. Women who can behave in a masculine way but not too much or at the wrong times got the most promotions. Women who were masculine and couldn't self-monitor, couldn't pull it back, were not promoted as much. And feminine women, not as much. And the saddest part is men who could be both masculine and feminine got no more promotions for no more no credit for being able to use both sides of what I call the masculine feminine continuum so basically as a woman you have to be a sort of corporate contortionist yeah and and I will say this Ashley I think that's one reason women do step off the corporate ladder uh, you know, the quit rate for women in business is much higher than it is for men. And, and so it's not just they go home and take care of babies. I think for a lot of them, they're in a culture where they don't feel like they can succeed 
or they may not even know why they're so exhausted. And that was my story. I was very successful. I was at the top of my game. I had a C in my title. I was at the senior level, the only woman at that level. And after a few years, I said, you know, I think it's time for me to move on. And the CEO was shocked. And when I looked back, I think I was exhausted by doing just what, you know, walking the tightrope, chewing gum, giving speeches and text messaging all at the same time of being so aware. And I was very good at it. But it's exhausting to do that. And at some point, I think a lot of women say, enough, I think I'll go be an entrepreneur. My question is, if if women are leaving corporations because they just find the culture so unfriendly, who is there within the organization who can galvanize change? Amen. That's, that is the question. And, and so my goal is to help women understand this so they will stay in there and change the culture so that leaders value them so they feel more valued and want to stay. Because I'm with you. Uh, if, if all women go, uh, and they won't all, but if too many women leave, then who's going to be there to change those women who've become honorary men? Which, it turns out, is something Nikki Gilmore is a bit of an expert on. This talk about institutions has got me thinking, what happens when a woman is at the top of an institution? Does it, is anything any different? This is one of my favourite topics, Ashley. Well done. <laughs> I'm very happy. So there's been a lot of studies and academic research conducted around this topic. One woman on her own will actually assimilate very heavily to, to dominant group behaviours. And so I've seen this play out in real life where I'm working with companies where I think, well, this is going to be a good, easy one. And uh, the, the CEO might be a woman and some of the other senior departmental heads are women. And actually those, those gigs actually end up to be the hardest for me, if I'm telling you the truth. Because there's this sort of weird phenomena where... The, the the woman who's sort of broken the glass ceiling, if you will, disassociates herself with some of the challenges that the women in the trenches face. And I have seen cases where the women who, you know, who have succeeded, they turn around and they go and hire a whole bunch of men around them. That's a topic I'll delve into further in a future show. Thanks to Nikki Gilmore and Caroline Turner for talking to me for this show. That's the Broad Experience for this week. You can find out more information on that Stanford promotion study at thebroadexperience.com. I'd love your feedback on the show. You can reach me at thebroadexperience at gmail.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 